Hello, and welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast about our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. I am Chicky. Um, I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. Sorry, I had a, a moment and couldn't remember what my handle was, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, and today I am joined by Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me on Twitter at Clotho Spindle. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin GD Harpo on Twitter. And our guest Katie. Hi, I'm Katie, and you can't find me. That's so, so smart. Um, So (laughs) we are continuing our our read, or we're calling it a read, not a reread. I get confused sometimes. Our read of A Game of Thrones with um, Ned's 12th chapter today. 12th. Why am I having trouble saying that? 12th chapter. Chapter 12 for Ned. How about that? Um, (laughs) And... It opens up with, uh, oh, I should probably give the standard trigger warning warning for rape and a terrible discussion. Um, anyway, so this opens up. Well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Devin. <laughs> so uh, we open up with Pycelle uh, taking a look at, at Ned's leg, kind of doing a recheck. Um, and Pycelle starts telling him how uh, unhappy Tywin is with the fact that he has sent uh, Beric Dondarrion and company to uh, the Riverlands to um, basically just kill Gregor Clegane. Um, and Ned is annoyed and, you know, finally is understanding that Pycelle is completely a Lannister creature and he kind of sends him away and thinks about how he, he knows that Pycelle is going to go directly to Cersei from there, which um, is true and funny. And also funny that it took him this long to completely understand that. Um, and then, as if that's not enough fun, then his his next moment is that, uh, well, he's thinking about how he has realized that, um, that, that the kids that Robert thinks are his, his three legitimate children, um, are in fact uh, illegitimate. Something that he realized when Sansa was saying that uh, Joffrey couldn't, was nothing like Robert. And he kind of had a light go on. I don't you just kind of imagine with Ned that it it really was like a light going on. <laughs> like oh, a, I mean, even the way he thinks God well says gods in that chapter. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> like, oh, duh. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Oh bless him. He is quite quite dense, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's not he's not stupid. He's just like I can't explain like he just I don't know. He just, I think because he's such an honorable guy and he's so honest, he just expects that from everybody else. And he he kind of projects that onto those around him. It's like, no, oh Ned, no. It <laughs> isn't it? Anything dishonorable or deceptive, he just doesn't immediately think that it's possible. It's, it's just yeah. it's like I'd probably said it right, before, well, but I would it. It's like the space Sorry. balls. It's like that that quote, like what it evil always wins because good is dumb. I always think of that <laughs> when I think of like that. Like, I mean it's just sad, but it's like, yeah, you, you have to kind of get into the mindset. Mm, not, yeah. And not that late. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, so anyway, from there, then it gets even better because then um, Littlefinger stops by, um, which is always a fun time for anyone. And Littlefinger telling him how he how um, Sander has just returned, I think, with Joffrey from the hunt um, and that Sander is is not going to be happy. And Ned's like, well, but Sander clearly hates Greg. Why would he care that I'm sending men to kill his brother? And Littlefinger's like, no, no, Sander wants to kill his brother. Doesn't want you to do it. Um, which is a really funny and interesting moment. Well, it's funny to me that Ned hadn't already realized that actually, yeah. that he needed to be based, especially on what happened at the tourney. Um, and <laughs> anyway, um, then we, we move on to hearing that Ned is making plans to send Arya and Sansa, um, back North. Um, and that he is, I think he's thinking about, so he thinks about Rhaegar's kids here, and he's thinking about them, I think, both in terms of Cersei's children and in terms of his own children, about how he, you know, he's afraid of of what might happen yeah. um, once he tells Robert that his kids aren't his. Um, he, he's very concerned about that, and he immediately thinks that um, Robert is going to be completely irrational about this the way that he was about Rhaegar, which I think is interesting so many times Ned is surprised by what Robert does. It's interesting to me that he understand that, understands that that will be Robert's reaction to this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what does that say? Like, I don't know. That says like, does that, because he's so not that person, what does that, I mean, they're close. I mean, so I guess he's being honest about it, but then what does that say? If you believe that that person would do those things, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, I suppose part of it must be the fact that Ned is thinking about, about the reasons that he's hidden John from, from Robert. Because clearly he's had to have the thought that he's afraid of what Robert would do to John if he knew who his father was. I don't know. It's such a circular thing too. Cause I kept going around and around in my head about, well, if he's saying, you know, maybe I think they got into this a little more with what she would say, Oh, what would you do to save your kids? Like, well then he should be, doing something different to save his kids because what he's doing now actually puts them in more peril. So it's like, he's not by giving her a chance, does that, you know, by giving her a chance, he's actually deferring to her children rather than his children. So it's like, if he were really, he is actually making the choice. He's, he's acting on that choice. And his choice was to think of someone else's children rather, unless he foolishly thinks that they're safe, but how could you think that they were, that's what I think he does. I think it's kind of like Katie said, he, he thinks everything is, should be just he thinks in terms of what's right and what's honest and what's yeah. just and i think he has a lot of trust in the you know quote unquote system and that things will work the way that they're supposed to work he thinks i'll tell robert that the three children that cersei has born are not his and he will you know immediately um dispose of cersei as his wife i don't know what he's telling himself about well i think he does know that that robert would kill cersei and kill the kids he thinks that and, you know, I think he just thinks, okay, well, then Robert will marry again and have other heirs or else, you know, Stannis is now his heir. And that's just all Rob- that's all Ned thinks. Like, Ned just thinks, okay, everything will work the way it's supposed to work, you know? Yeah. And a and, lot of people um, think that way because we're experiencing that in the country right now. Yeah. There's a lot of people, oh, <laughs> it's, it's, everything will be fine because, oh, and over and over again. But no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very dark. <laughs> Correlation. <laughs> Oh, God. So Ned, Ned, after this, has this um, meeting set up with um, Cersei in the Godswood, and he has himself taken to the Godswood because he still can hardly do anything because his leg is so injured. 
Um, he has to be like carried down the stairs, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's really weak. Yeah, he's not in he's not in great shape. Um, so they go to the Godswood, and Cersei comes and and visits him, and she. It's interesting. She dresses simply. It kind of reminds me of how she she dresses with Jamie on occasion, where yeah. she really dresses down. Oh, in Eel Alley. Eel Alley. In the sept with Tywin dressed down. And I don't know if that's because she thinks that'll play better with Ned or if she's trying to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's a modest guy, isn't he? He's quite understated. I I can see her, yeah, doing that. Definitely. Yeah, she's trying to dress to impress. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Ned just comes out and says, um, hey, (laughs) your kids aren't Roberts. And um, she admits admits it immediately. And it's so funny how this will be mirrored later in Jamie and Catelyn's conversation, where it's just flat out, everybody's just going to be completely honest for a minute. It's a pretty cool conversation. Like, I like the dynamic going on. Like, as a writing tool, I liked it. You know, it's just pretty, you know. (laughs) It's like, yep. There's no hand ringing. There's no, like... (laughs) And it's... It's refreshing after a book full of mystery to just have flat out, you know, conversations between adversaries like this. Um, So she just fully admits it. And he asks, you know, about Bran and she completely admits that, too. And he kind of seems to admire the fact that she she just says, yes, you know, um, I love my kids. And, you know, he he infers that it was, you know, Bran or her children. And she made the choice and that Jamie did as well. Um, and then you get this kind of seminal moment, um, where Ned stops and thinks to himself, if it were me and I had to choose between some other kids and my own kids, what would I do? And he's not sure. And then he thinks about Catelyn. And this again is definitely him thinking about, you know, keeping the secret of John's parentage, I think, where he's like, if it were, if Ned had to choose between John and her kids, what would she choose? And he's pretty sure she'd you know, choose her kids and, and kill John. And um, it's, it's, it's quite a moment of clarity considering that, you know, these people tried to kill his kid. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's pretty astounding that, I mean, a lot, aside from the honor, he's pretty empathetic. I mean, he's actually going through the motions of putting himself um, even as much as to say, like, I, it's like, he's sort of feeling sorry for everyone involved. And, you know, these, these thoughts that he's having is, ex- shows a lot of empathy, you know, Poor guy's yeah. actually like, you know, putting his, you know, he's putting himself in their position and thinking, oh, what if I did this? Or what if I, you know, how would this be? Oh, man. Well, I think because he has, that's what this yeah. comes down to. This is what's unspoken in, in, in these few chapters of Ned's is he has been keeping John's yeah. parents a secret for exactly these same reasons that he's worried about what yeah. would be done to John because of his, who his parents are. Yeah. And he's had to keep the secret from Robert. <laughs> you know? Yeah, she doesn't know why, but she throws that in his face too. You know, she doesn't know the reasons, but no. Yeah, as yeah. as a dishonorable thing, yes. But you know, like it's clearly there are these just little hints yeah. that you're like, th- this is something. When he thinks about what happened to you know Aegon and and Rainey's, and I mean, you know, obviously we don't know if that was the real Aegon or not, yeah. but you know, he's so disturbed by it. And it's like, you have to assume that the reason it's so personal for him is because he's been trying to protect John from exactly that fate. Yeah. It's yeah. quite literally what keeps him up at night. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. 
would have some kind of like you know PTSD as well from seeing that sight like there must be you know it must really get quite a visceral reaction from him when he yeah considers that might happen again but, yeah well it, just the sight of the bodies of these I mean we say children but really it's a toddler and an infant was clearly traumatic because Jamie is is traumatized by it as well I mean yeah, he still thinks yeah. about it this must have been just a horrific sight to see Mm. yeah oh god george why why always with the child death (laughs) anyway um so basically uh uh ned ned tells cersei he's like i'm i'm warning you so you have a chance to to get away um and uh that you should run and What's interesting about the way he phrases this is that he really seems to think she'll just take this advice and just take her kids and, and run away to Essos or something. And and he says, I mean, he mentions all of them, your brothers and your father, too. Like, he's like, I mean, essentially like that, if, you know, if thinking about what ultimately happens, that probably would have made the most sense for survival of their family. But he's handing it all to her and she's just, you know, gonna do what mm-hmm. she do. Oh, um, I was going to ask, what did you think about Cersei's uh, come on? Do you think it was genuine? You know, when she like, she like, you know, touches uh, his leg. And... Yeah. Oh, no, I think it's genuine. She sure. Done, I, mean, I think she would have done something with him if he would have taken the bait. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I just like wonder how that would have played out. And like, maybe, you know, Ned's a different person. <laughs> and that, you know, they're sleeping. It's just, yeah, it's interesting to think about. I mean, it's so much about this conversation. It's like Ned thinking that, that you know, Robert can take on Tywin and win. I mean, oh, you know, no, I don't, I it's kind of unthinkable because, you know, Casterly Rock has never been conquered. The only way it's ever been taken is by, you know, guile and deception like Land the Clever. I mean, even the Targaryens never never conquered it because, you know, the Lannisters... Uh, surrendered first yeah that's what i was kind of wondering why he thinks that that even as far as what he did the choices he made like why he thinks that tywin wouldn't have been a more formidable than he obviously was you know in his mind like oh yeah well they'll deal with it like i, I sent barrack and they'll deal with it that even that seems kind of i mean yeah it's it's a real miscalculation this is again him trusting the system that the system will work or something i don't know but just from like the raw power of the situation, it seems like everyone else, including Catelyn, when she thinks it through, Catelyn understands Tywin, who he is, what he is, and what his power is. And um, she never takes him, <laughs> you know, well, underestimates him. And But that's not the case with Ned. I, I don't know. I mean, Casterly Rock has never been, never been conquered. So why Ned would think that the whole family would need to flee is kind of a little beyond me, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and why he would think that even, yes, that might have been okay, yeah, that, that means their survival, but Tywin would never, like, I couldn't even imagine, like, I, I can't imagine Cersei, but I, like, I could never imagine Tywin ever just up and leaving Casterly Rock. Oh. Like, you know, yeah. yeah. And, but this is, this whole conversation is just kind of like a, a dumb and dumber type conversation. <laughs> it's like, she completely misunderstands Ned. I mean, the mm. fact that she even tries this seduction thing is a good sign that she does <laughs> yeah. not understand him. Yeah. Yeah. They the both have level. a misunderstanding of who they are talking to. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's like the fact that Ned thinks Cersei's just going to run away. It's like, have you not been paying attention to Cersei? Oh, God. Yeah, I mean... So, I, any- yeah, go on. Yeah, <laughs> 
it's quite interesting though because obviously Cersei kind of like puts her own kind of corrupt corruptness onto Ned and he puts his own kind of honor onto her like they're both oh, having conversations with like an idea true. they have it's true so so basically oh when we get Cersei's you know lines about you know the game of thrones you win or you die and that uh, ned should have should have claimed the throne for himself which is absurd ned had (laughs) how would ned have held the throne that's (laughs) silly um i know i know i was thinking about that too like what is so that yeah no and anyway she tells him that you know he needs to be worried about her which he does kind of take to heart as we'll see in his next chapter but he still is completely underestimating her at this point. Um, I don't know. That's that's kind of the end of the chapter. Does anybody have any thoughts? This is a big, um, meaty conversation, and it's like in so many ways, it's easy to just distill it, knowing how the the rest of the series will go. But I mean, did anybody have anything else they wanted to talk about in it? Hmm. I assume that's a no. <laughs> um, there are several several questions <laughs> for this chapter. Oh, let's head up. Um, and some of it we've we probably touched on a little bit. Um, so I'll just start at the top with these um, from Wyrette on Discord. Um, question is: um, <clears throat> The Lannisters are uh, supposed to have John Aaron killed. They're supposed to be implicated in Bran's fall and later murder attempt. Why? But why did Ned confront Cersei without preparing for her to react against him? Except um, except that his death <laughs> was necessary to launch his kids in the hard life of heroism. Um, why was he so blind to the Lannister woman's level of <laughs> dangerosity? I mean, it doesn't... It seems like Robert's even said stuff about her to Ned. Like, he's kind of been harsh about his descriptions of Cersei. He's never described her as being someone who's reasonable or, like, you know, conciliatory or, like, any kind of... I don't know. You'd think even from... And he had that experience of Lady as well, didn't he? You yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had that. Yeah. True. Well, and and there's the fact he's thinking about John Aaron and the fact that John Aaron was killed. Yes, but Stannis also fled. Stannis uh... didn't stay and try to fight this out. I mean, granted, that has something to do with Stannis's relationship with Robert. But Stannis, I think, also understood a little better. Yeah who Cersei was, what Cersei was and, and the power that Tywin holds and, you know, was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and retreat to Dragonstone <laughs> and think things through, which is probably a, a, a smarter move. And, and it's weird that Ned never, I don't think he thinks about Stannis once this chapter. Wow. And that's really your biggest clue that, you know, the wise move would be to kind of sit back and, and, and play chess for a hot minute. I mean, I was actually surprised at one point. I was like, wow, I'm surprised he did. I didn't realize he'd almost told, like, I was like, ah, he almost, he actually considered telling Baelish, like, that one part that seemed yeah. like, I was, like, shocked to remember that. I was like, oh, my God, we were but this close. also, he doesn't, like, it doesn't register with him that Baelish knows. Uh, <laughs> like he, no kidding. <laughs> like, oh, joke about that book. The joke about the book was like just clearly <laughs> winking at him, like, "Oh, oh so you God, you yeah. finally figured it out, I oh, guess." God. Yeah, oh. little fingers, like, yeah. Welcome to King's Landing. The rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Did we have any other questions, Devin? 
Yes. So our next one um, from Ancient Octagon. There are two from Ancient Octagon. Um, the first one, um, when Ned has his nightmare about Rhaegar's children being placed before the Iron Throne, do you think the boy he trails off uh, while thinking uh, about is John? Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah, that's what I... I think I think John is the the kind of like unspoken thing he's thinking about for a lot of this chapter. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and our second question from Ancient Octagon, um, also from Reddit, why do you think the show cut out Cersei's attempt to seduce Ned? Uh, oh, did they? I didn't know they did cut it out. I didn't. Yeah, I was trying to remember too, and I was like, well, let me go back and watch the scene, and I was like, well, yeah, but I don't like really something. want to do that. <laughs> that's deep. <laughs> I, f- I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but I feel like the show cut out quite a lot of Cersei's yeah. sexuality. Like there was a lot of that. Like I don't think there was the, the you know the whole kettle black thing. Like yeah. a lot of her, yeah. yeah, her more like you know her using sex to you know as a kind of weapon and to get you. Know, I feel like they kind of cut that a little bit because I, I feel like Lena Headey's portrayal is a little bit more. It's a bit chaster, isn't it? It's a bit more stoic, a bit more kind of motherly. I guess motherly. Yeah. In the typical you know sense of what a mother is, you know. It seemed like everything was begrudging. Like even the Lancel stuff was like they they quickly changed route on that. You know, it was like they yeah. didn't go there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I think that just just played her differently. But yeah, I mean, it's very much so much interwoven in everything in the books. Yeah, definitely. That's her like primary weapon. Yeah. Is it? I mean, you get that great obviously that great speech to Sansa during the Blackwater. Um, yeah, which George wrote. Which is probably how it snuck in. <laughs> Any other questions, Kevin? Uh, yeah. So next uh, from Danny Buck on Discord, um, is this a possible possible divergence point where we could have gotten a sympathetic Cersei? And I assume they're referring to the conversation with Ned that entire scene. Hmm. I mean, this is definitely one of uh, there. There are really kind of like three moments in the books where I, I really feel. Um, kind of empathy and sympathy for Cersei. And this is definitely one of them. I mean, the horrible thing about, and I, I didn't talk about this, but she recounts her memory of her wedding night when, um, when Robert is, uh, <laughs> this is so gross inside of her and he calls her Liana. And, you know, that's a really horrible moment. That is like just, that's, <laughs> good grief. Oh, that's really, and you know, that would, that, had to suck and I do feel really really badly for Cersei because you know I, I she she obviously wanted to marry Rhaegar more but like she, she she married Robert willingly she was happy to be queen and then he t- does this on their wedding night it's just oh, like yeah. oh, and the physical abuse he sees the ring mark on her face like the bruise and the, oh yeah. yeah so mm. oh gosh do you oh. think he was really- been drunk, wasn't he? When he when he said that, like, there's no. Oh, I'm assuming hundred percent. Yeah, he was drunk, oh, well, but you know, Robert seems like the kind of guy who could probably spit it out sober in the right <laughs> circumstances. Yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I just like I wonder how long his problem with alcohol goes because he's clearly an alcoholic. Yeah, like I just wonder how far it goes back. You know. Yeah, I wonder. Do you think it was the Liana thing that made him an alcoholic? Hmm. It's hard to know. Yeah. I would guess to say he was probably fairly on his way prior to that. 
you're probably right. <laughs> Robert, our frat boy, probably already had it. <laughs> he was on his way. <laughs> um, so next from Natasha on Discord. Um, Ned thinks the lies we tell for love. Um, it is probably a reference to whatever description has arisen from the Tower of Joy, perhaps discussing the heritage of another child. Um, but is this also a subtle echo to Jamie's um, actions, uh, speaking about Bran? Uh, maybe they are surprisingly similar in some ways, being that they will both do things contrary to their own conceptions of, uh, of themselves for love. Ned will lie and deceive Jamie attempts to kill an innocent child. Yeah, that's pretty insightful. Yeah, I would say that it probably is deliberate. There. I would too. Okay, next from Cardinal Girl seventy five on Discord, um, Pascal tells Ned the only thing his grace enjoys more than hunting is making warm lords who defy him. How often do you think this um, happened? And wouldn't the Kingsguard have been crucial um, to helping keep down rebellion in the realm? I mentioned this because there was a recent post on um, ASOIF uh, subreddit questioning um, just how good a fighter Jamie really was. Um, and shout out to Wyatt for their awesome rebuttal to the Jamie hater who started the thread. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we know, we know from the Greyjoy Rebellion that obviously that, you yeah. know, yes, Robert has had to put down some some rest of behavior from his lords yeah um, full aside from that i can't i can't think of any other any other kind of references to that in the story not that we yeah not that we know of no but i mean we do know that like uh arthur dane was dispatched to deal with the um outlaws what was, what was, what was their name i can't remember Kings you know the smiling knight and yeah uh, Kings yeah, and so yeah, I think the the King's Guard probably would have been dispatched to deal with things like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, because Jamie, Jamie was as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's where that seems to be where Jamie really spent time with Arthur Dane before he was in the King's Guard. Yeah, yeah and it was like where he fell in love with him. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <Not wrong. laughs> uh, so we have another from a uh, Cardinal Ghost seventy five on the Discord. Um, Let's see. Um, Cersei had an abortion when she knew for certain she was pregnant with Robert's child. How could she be absolutely certain that the three children she gave birth to were Jamie's? Given that she would have um, she would have had to have slept with Robert fairly close to the time she slept with Jamie to make Robert believe they were his kids. Do you figure this is another thing GRRM didn't take into consideration, like his lack of understanding about genetics? Probably, actually. To to a great extent, yes. Um, as I mean, like you know, definitely there probably were times that maybe Jamie wouldn't have been in King's Landing or Robert wouldn't have been in King's Landing, and so she could have been more certain. But like when she talks about the night that like she's she's convinced that they that Jamie and she conceived uh, Joffrey at um, what is it the place that Jamie calls Green Shit Castle? I can't remember. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, she's convinced it happened then, and it's like she was clearly still sleeping with Robert right up to that point. So why she was so sure that it was Jamie's, I don't know. I, I really don't. Yeah, she couldn't have been sure until she saw the hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, definitely sort. Joffrey is Jamie's, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, this is George genetics for sure. Uh, 
All right. Um, two more from Cardinal Cardinal Girl seventy five. Um, do you think Jamie told Cersei that Ned made him give up the throne because he knew how furious she would be if she knew he yielded it willingly? Along with that, do you think Tywin knew what Jamie did by refusing to name himself or Tywin King? And that's this is something I haven't thought about because the way yeah. Cersei says it is that Jamie like that Ned made Jamie give it up. And in the uh, accounts we get from it, that's not entirely what happened. Yeah. 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 I, I wonder at what point it was decided that Robert would, was it after, afterwards, after Ares's death, it was kind of, or was it his like, you know, vague Targaryen ancestry that kind of made it, you know? I think that's how they, in the end, that's kind of how they justified it. I, yeah. I think it was like the, but it was always Robert's, was it Robert's Rebellion from the Jump? Like, is that what it, it was, was called? Or did they Robert's, name it after? No, I th- I think it was always Robert's. And Jamie, when he remembers okay. it, what he remembers what he told Ned, he said, I was keeping it warm for our friend Robert. Mm. So it was already it like known it had already point. been decided or it had already been decided. You know, as, as we say, I mean, it, technically speaking, if you removed Eris's line, Robert was the heir as far as we know. Oh, okay. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it was just kind of a really easy justification and that's, you know, that's a really good way to, to deal with this kind of thing. So yes, they won, they won, they won the, they won the, <laughs> they won the stupid iron throne by, by, you know, fighting for it and deposing the Targaryens. But, also, Robert technically was the the heir, so I don't know. I think this is just Cersei playing with her idea of how power works and all that sort of thing when she's saying, you know, Maybe. and you know, who knows how Jamie presented it to her? I don't know. Yeah, um, and we know as well that uh, Cersei, you know, sees Jamie as as like herself, but male. So she's probably thinking, well, what would I do? I would have to be, you know, forcibly. <laughs> Taken yeah. off the throne, like yeah, that's true. <laughs> I feel like he gave her the quickest version. That's just mm-hmm. what she drew from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be yeah, I mean, Jamie definitely knows that Ned assumes he's trying. I'm pretty sure Jamie implies that that Ned assumed he was trying to to take it. Right, but we know that's not what Jamie was doing. But yeah, it's probably Cersei projecting what she would have said in Jamie. Yeah. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, last one from Cardinal Girl 75. Not the last one, just the last one from Cardinal Girl 75. Um, we finally get to the famous line, when you play the Game of Thrones, um, you win or you die. There is no middle ground. Those who have the chance to play but don't do so appear um, to be incomprehensible to Cersei because power is her primary interest. Yet one more reason why she will never truly understand Jamie because he has no interest in power. I mean, true. So more so of a comment yeah. than a question. Yeah. So yeah. yes, well, that is true. <laughs> I always like thought it was interesting that line, you know, her saying it to Ned when like Ned's been fine. Ned did, you know, he he was, you know, just living living in Winterfell for like how many years? Just he did, you know, he, he just went on with his life. So I always thought that was quite interesting that she says that to him. Yeah, it says more about her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a middle ground for him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but. And our last one from Iruna22 on Reddit. Um, would Robert have killed all three kids? If Ned had become possessed by someone else and accepted Cersei's, uh, Cersei's offer, would she have kept her word? 
Um, and what would have happened to the realm? Um, there are several questions in this, so I mean, we can stop and answer these. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So the first was, would Robert have killed all three kids? I think yeah. so, because Ned thinks so, and Ned yeah. tends to think the best of Robert, and he thinks he would. Yeah, and he thinks he would have. So I don't think I he was definitely. close enough to them either. To, like, that sounds bad, but like, I don't know that he bonded enough with them to, you know, his anger would definitely take over. Oh, yeah, he had no yeah. personal feelings. Yeah. Clearly, he has no real affection for his kids. Yeah, especially if it happens the way Ned pictures it, because he, yeah. he's talking of Robert's rage and I mean if that's what if he does go into a legit rage like that they all die yeah Yeah, uh, I can't remember who says this now but isn't there a comment about Robert that he part of him was relieved that Tywin took it upon himself to have uh, Rhaegar's children killed because he didn't want to have that he wanted to be the hero you know, he didn't want to have that stain so I don't know Ned thinks that yeah he's it yeah yeah, I don't know. Um, and then the second question was, if Ned had become possessed by someone else and accepted Cersei's offer, would she have kept her word? No, she'd have been looking no, to get rid of him at the earliest. I mean, she would have strung him along until she could kill him or dispose of him, obviously. Yeah, well, T- Tywin's already like amassing his army, isn't he? Like, um, uh, you know, at They're fighting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like... Gregor is presently fighting and, you know, obviously transparently ordered by Tywin to do so in the Riverlands. So, I mean, yeah, this is this is this is a a war that has already begun. No, Cersei would never keep her word. I mean, she would. She would until she could kill him. He'd be too big a threat. Yeah. Um, And then along with that, um, what would have happened to the realm? And was Ned actually hoping Cersei would leave and not have him killed? Why? Was there any way to protect the children without committing suicide? Yeah, I mean, for starters, you don't have this conversation. Yeah. Uh, you don't warn her ahead of time. What he should have done... It makes I, no sense. Yeah, yeah. What he should have done is figured out an ally, somebody like Renly, perhaps even get in touch with Stannis and just say, how do we handle this so that we don't kill these kids? Because he was still the hand of the king. Um, you know, he he doesn't have it in him to be quote unquote deceptive because that's how he would have viewed it. it. You know, not going to Robert immediately with him with this information is deceptive to him. So he could never have have done this. But I mean, like in an alternate universe, that probably would have been the smart move to play a little politics. But Ned just uh, is constitutionally incapable of that. And so. I, well, I wonder if they would have continued the thought of sending them abroad with someone, or if they just would have like try to send them to different houses to be like kind of like the Greyjoy to be fostered kind of thing. Oh, you know? God, I don't know. Mm, yeah. I don't see Robert going for that. <laughs> yeah, I know because that's the thing. It's like who would take them to? It'd be so dangerous. Oh God. Yeah, what a mess. yeah. I think yeah, because if you take them and he comes for them, like now, I mean, yeah, you're you in do. the line of fire. Yeah. yeah. yeah Why? It's would all you put hopeless. That on I, and that's the thing. Why did he think that? Ugh, it just sounds so hopeless. And and. And he knew how he was chasing Daenerys. So, I mean, and he told her, okay, he'll chase you pretty far, so go pretty far, but I don't think anywhere is safe. (laughs) It's so... Oh, my God. No. The equation doesn't add up. (laughs) All right. Um, There was another part to um, that question, but we already answered it, because it was um, about Jamie making... I mean, Ned making Jamie yield. It was that same question. Um, Or basically basically saying, did... uh, did Jamie tell Cersei what he thought she wanted to hear? Um, but there was a second part to that. Like, how much of what went on in King's Landing and Ares's last years did Jamie tell her? Or how much do we think he told her? And I thought that was an interesting question. 
Well, he definitely didn't tell her about the wildfire. Um, he seems like he kept it light with her, like brief and light. Like I don't. Well, I'm her. just gonna say, do you feel like Cersei's a sympathetic ear who would sit and listen to what I problems <laughs> I know, have been? Probably I know. not. <laughs> he didn't yeah. say, yeah, as delusional not. as he was about her, he would at least sort of sense that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I just get the impression that the whole relationship was there. It's it was never yeah there was never any kind of deep conversations going on. I, I, that's the impression no. I get anyway. Yeah. No. No. You no. would just think it was weak. She'd be like, oh, you're, you're pathetic. You would just stop. Yeah, they're just, yeah. they're just giving each other like little barbs and jabs and, you know, sarcastic stuff. Like, that's all I can say. Yeah. Jokes. No, this is this is the ultimate joke on twin cest as a true romance in and of itself is that Jamie gets a little bit of a fever and confesses everything to Brienne because even though he hardly knows her, he knows that she's far more trustworthy with this information than Cersei ever would have been. Yeah. Uh, so is that all the mail, Devin? Um, yeah, well, actually, actually, this there's one more. Okay. Um, so this is actually, um, it's more of a general, it's not about Eddard 12, but it's about Eddard 10. Um, so I think it'll be good here. Um, so from sorry um, through Gmail, um, I had so many thoughts on your latest podcast uh, at R10. Um, so um, they start by saying, no, this Jamie would not make a good hand, especially for Robert, um, but not to anyone else either, in my opinion, because at this point in the story, Jamie is not interested, not interested um, in people, not interested in what the game entails, etc. I do believe that the older and wiser Jamie could make a quite excellent hand, and I do be- do believe that might happen if we ever get wins or dreams. Um, probably not. Jamie has a keen military mind, and unlike um, his siblings, uh, he gets people. He can lead and get people to follow. Robert's comment um, was not at all serious, though. I doubt he'd ever make Jamie his hand. Um, I also think Cersei isn't past caring about Robert's whores. She does not want him for herself, no, um, but especially with finding out um, later how how narcissistic she is, it must sting a lot, especially with how they are paraded. She has his uh, illegitimate children killed, and personally, I don't think it was all due to due to so-called practical reasons, which makes me think of an interesting question. How much, if at all, is Cersei's poor treatment of Jamie due to her wanting someone um, to take to take it out on and wanting a man, men, who um, does her bidding at her every whim instead of vice versa? Um, we can talk about that part for a second because there's a little bit more to this. I think she has a lot of those men, though. I mean, like, starting with Sander and moving onward, she has a lot of men that she can kind of control. I don't think it's that. I think it's like she says. I think she likes the fact that he's her twin and that he represents to her, in a way, the male half of herself. I mean, she just told Ned in this chapter that she, what is it? She says she's only whole when he's inside her, which is definitely about them being twins. Um, gross, yeah. first of all, Cersei. <laughs> but disgusting. And but, yeah, yeah, I, no hesitation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's part of it. I think oh. that's a lot of it. Yeah, I, she strikes me as someone who's really not at peace with her femininity or her gender. Like she's, she hates. She's well, I think we spoke about it before. Like yeah. she's a misogynist. She hates women. She hates. Yeah, she she does have a real issue. I think with her own femininity. So I don't know how much of a woman for sure. 
Um, and so the next part, um, I don't necessarily think Eddard ever thought that Lyanna would have gotten treated like Cersei does in the marriage. But Eddard is a simpleton <laughs> in B if he hasn't thought Lyanna dodged a bullet there. Not that it did her much good. Um, as And as much as Eddard loves Robert, calling him Eddard is weird. Um, I don't think he is a simpleton at all. Um as for Tyrion, I think you all are right. Um, I don't remember what we said about Tyrion, but it was probably like he's a piece of shit, so we'll just go with that. Um, <laughs> and I predict serious trouble. Book Tyrion is not like show Tyrion, and I doubt there will be merry drinking games. Despite both being freaks, Tyrion and Brienne are near polar opposites, and at the moment, Tyrion has quite a big chip on his shoulder. The trauma of Cersei choosing Jaime as a lover and otherwise, over Tyrion and actively shunning him, combined to Jamie's outer beauty and popularity in the family with um, his men and with women, um, though he's had none besides Cersei, has to be making him crazy now that he knows the truth about Tysha. There's a lot of jealousy and mixed emotions there. And I have no in, idea what you guys said. So oh I, yeah, I don't remember either. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and so off the topic of A Song of Ice and Fire, did any of you try the Rizzoli uh, recipe I emailed you or any of the others? If so, how did it turn out? And Kama says that she tried it and loved it. Oh, that's cool. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Yay, I hope you all are doing well. <laughs> Greetings and love from Finland. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it was either Kama or, or Guile. I think we're doing that. <laughs> and that is the mail. All right. Well, thank you, Devin. Um, so if you would like to send us your questions or comments or thoughts on episodes we won't remember later, um, you can email us at closethedoorand at gmail.com. Um, you can always send us messages, and you don't have to have a Tumblr account yourself at uh, closethedoorandcomehere.tumblr.com. Uh, or you can al- also uh, post questions to us on our subreddit, um, and that is uh, reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Jamie Brienne. Um, or you can tweet at us at, um, oh, I always forget this one. It's at door podcast, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. I need Gile here to, to, to confirm that one for me. <laughs> and as always, we appreciate our supporters on Patreon. Um, you can find us at patreon.com uh, forward slash, uh, close the door. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I love how I vaguely kind of know. Just Google I'm it. You got it right. <laughs> everything I think every, everything will come up if you just Google it. Possibly. <laughs> Uh, thank you to katie our guest and to clotho and devon i am closing the door get out